0: Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Mana Podcast, Daily Bread for the Daily Christian. My name is Sam Jeske. I serve as the pastor at Our Shepherd Lutheran Church in Crown Point, Indiana. And thank you for tuning in uh, this Friday morning to join us for another episode. Uh, with me, I got a special guest, a brother in ministry of mine, a guy who I... I uh, Uh, traveled through our seminary with all four years and uh, we both survived and got assigned by God's grace uh, to congregations, me in Northwest Indiana, but this guy was assigned to Joplin, Missouri uh, for a mission start.
1: Uh, With me today is Pastor Jordan Bentz.
0: Jordan, thanks for hanging out. Thank
1: you very much for having me. I don't. I don't know how much I benefited your seminary studies, but I was there. I was there every. I was there every step of the way with you, but absolutely by by God's grace, we got through it and got got a call. So absolutely, absolutely, I, I can my, only agree with that. My,
0: my first. Impression of Jordan Benz is when you got reamed out by Professor Corthals for looking at ESPN during church history <laughs> class.
1: Well, now we're airing dirty laundry on here. What are, no, what no, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're is... gonna. No, 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 we're done. We're gonna
0: change. We're gonna shift. <laughs> no, gears no, I, that's
1: that is hilarious. So that is that is fantastic.
0: Well, anyway, it, and uh, obviously God has God has uh, done a number on us both, and has chipped off a lot of rough edges, and has shaped and molded us to be um, obviously continually works in progress, but. Um, Uh, qualified and competent ministers of the gospel as all of us as part of the universal priesthood are which is awesome so um anyway uh you have a you were assigned a year ago uh well a little more than a year ago but you were installed a little more than a year ago uh to be um a pastor for a mission start in joplin missouri why don't you talk about that for a little bit
1: yeah that's weird that you say that that it's over a year ago now i mean Time fly. I'm sure for you too, as you when you get started in the ministry. If you want time to go fast, become a pastor because
0: <laughs> yeah, the right. months
1: just fly by and it's it's craziness. But yeah, it's it's been an unbelievable year. Assigned uh, in May to this to this church, and I guess just some some history of what, what started this this mission here. Um, so Joplin's a, about a town of seventy thousand people, and we 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 didn't have a Wells church here at all. We have a, a ELS church in Carthage, Missouri, which is About 20 minutes to our east, and then uh, Wells Church, uh, both of them are Faith, uh, Faith ELS Carthage, and then Faith Wells in uh, Pittsburgh, Kansas. That's about 45 minutes away. And uh, the majority of the members of our core group were driving about an hour, hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes to church on Sunday morning. And the majority of them were coming from Joplin or around Joplin, and and we're finally kind of asking you, why? The, the, the harvest is plentiful, and I think it is very plentiful in Joplin as we're driving right through this town to go to church on Sunday. What if we'd start something here? So Core Group got started about years ago or so, and uh, um, for a year and a half they were calling. I, I think they got word that I was in seminary and they could maybe get me, so they were trying to call at all costs. But um, they, by God's <laughs> grace, I was, I, was, I was called here in May, and uh, my wife, Laura, and I got here in July. And uh, July 1st, we moved in and, and just been just loving it ever since. It, it's been unbelievable getting to know the people and, and the, the year and the and the mission here. It's just been wonderful.
0: So tell me about the demographic, um, the ethnic makeup or um, just a, a flavor or kind of like a little sampling of the, the culture of Joplin, Missouri.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and that's that was kind of the biggest thing when we, we got down here. So. I don't think it was coincidence. I think it was, I mean, it sounds weird, but God's grace that this happened. When we got down here, we we literally pulled into our drive and I got a call from the moving company and they said, well, it's going to be about three weeks or four weeks before you get your stuff from the moving truck. So we were going to be, for a month, we were going to be living on, we unfortunately only had our TV sitting in the back, a uh, full car full of my wife's plants and a duffel bag full of clothes. And we were going <laughs> to be living on that for a month. So we went to... Uh, Walmart picked up an air mattress and had that in the apartment or had that in our house and we kinda looked at each other and said, Well, we could, you know, sit in here and waste away for a month waiting for our stuff, or we could get out and just kinda learn the culture and learn about Joplin as much as we can. And that's what we did. We went to all the restaurants we possibly could, all the coffee shops, got to talking to people, and, and that kind of just we dove headfirst into it right away, which was beneficial. And and just summarizing the culture. I'd say they're just. When I tell people about Joplin, because everyone's like, "Well, it's part of the Midwest, right?" And and I, I don't really think that that does it justice. Uh, we're in the we're in the four states area, south, farthest southwest as you could possibly get in Missouri. Um, I tell people we're we're kind of a Midwestern Southern hospitality blend. Um, you get the best <laughs> of both worlds, um, but like it's that. just very very hardworking, gritty people that that put on their jeans and go to work and and. Um, very proud people. I, I, um, I'm sure you heard about the tornado that came through here about 10 years ago that just devastated the town and, um, they rebuilt. And, and I said to the, I've said to many people over in the last year, I've never been more proud to come into and be a part of a town that I wasn't even here for when that happened, but just some tremendously hardworking, proud people. They're very, very family oriented, very, very, uh, moral driven and, and we're the buckle of the Bible belt. So there's definitely Christianity alive here and well, so.
0: So it's a very so at least where where you have been assigned to um, this mission congregation, um, you would say it's a fairly churched area.
1: Yes, I uh, I guess I sh- I understated that a little bit. Just a quick story about that: when we were driving into town, my wife and I. There's two main streets. One is one of the I guess old Main Street and New Main Street. Old Main Street was where Route 66 cut through. And then you have the, the range line is the other one in Joplin and uh, the, the main street exit was closed and we were pulling into town when we first got here. So we are forced to take range line and we drive up through range line and that's where all the businesses are and where all the churches are. So we saw just on our drive to our house, I think it was 13 churches. Wow. And <laughs> you know, I, we, we look at each other and we're like, do we hit all the churches in Joplin? Well, we, we sat down and, looked up the, the demographics and everything and there's over 130 churches in Joplin. Mm-hmm. So um, when, when you look at that, you know the, the devil wants to just go straight to your mind and say, you know there, there, it's a waste. this is just why would the, why would the wells be so ignorant to start a church in Joplin? but <laughs> um, s- statistics prove that that over 48% of Joplin is unchurched or dechurched. So there's just there's, there's just so many and we've we've witnessed that in the, the year that I've been here, of so many people that are are not um, volatile to the gospel and are, are not um, even apprehensive to talk about it, but mm-hmm. just don't have a church home. They were either mistreated in their last church or just kind of got lazy and just left. And, you know, church was a big part of my life. I, I know who Jesus is. I know um, at the end, I, I think I, I'll be saved and things like that. And um, so it's it's been just unbelievable to talk to people about that and and get into their, their lives and and realize that this it's just so apparent that the gospel has so much work to still be done here in Joplin.
0: That's awesome. So um, the ethnic makeup of uh, Joplin, what would you say that is, or if you could, if you could, if you had to give percentages based on the demographic surveying that you've done or your interaction this past year, um, how does uh, the ethnic makeup of the area break down?
1: I think it's about 95% white. Mm -hmm. um, And then, um you know it's it's after that it's kind of dispersed there there's definitely there's definitely a a, um different people that are have come here and moved here which is wonderful our our next door neighbor is from california and different areas of of the of the u.s and then people have moved in from um different areas so it's it's not like it's all just natives but um so so yeah I, i would say the majority of people that, that live here currently have lived here for a long time, but um, especially in our neighborhood, this is where the the tornado just ripped through. So it's a lot of new houses and development. So um, a lot of people moving in and out. So,
0: so that's a that's an exciting time to be doing a church plant, um, a mission start, where you have um, a lot of reconstruction and a lot of development. Um, and a lot of people reformulating their lives around, say, like kind of what you were talking about, um, uh, in light of say some uh, natural disasters or just constant change of uh, demographics. Um, you got a lot of there seems to be a lot of activity in Joplin, Missouri.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely, and, and and that's that's kind of the the big thing that you know I, I mean I grew up in in, in 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 around Milwaukee area, Wisconsin, and that was kind of the norm for me of very family oriented. What do you do on the weekends? Well, you, you're either hanging out with your family or fr- uh, family friends or things like that. And that's, that's kind of the the culture here in Joplin too. Not many people are, are homebodies. Everyone gets out, you know, hunting's big here, fishing's big here. Um, just getting to know and hang out with people. So when you, when you, your networking is kind of, you, you find your way into one and you get 15 and you find your way into five and you get the, the whole rest of their group. So that's been cool for me of just kind of put myself out there and be like, Hey, I can't catch a fish for, for nothing. So if you, if you bring me fish and I'll, I'll hang up the, the worms and whatever, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, and, and my, my shot and when shooting clay is pretty horrific, I'll make you look good. But um, that that's kind of been the, the cool thing for me of just, you know, new experiences and, and being in a totally new, new area. It's just been a wonderful blessing.
0: That's awesome. Um, so um, what did your first few months look like? So you, you didn't have a physical church home, uh, so there wasn't a building. You guys didn't have a name for your congregation. You had a team. You had a core group. Um, so, what did the first few months uh, of ministry in Joplin, Missouri, look like? Other than uh, maybe part of that sleeping on an air mattress.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, and and I think that was that was. Uh, it's hilarious to say that. And I think uh, I mean I've heard. I'm, I guarantee you've heard this from other pastors too. But I get my desk set up. You get all your books set up, and then you sit down on the desk. And you're like. You know, I, I love the idea of being a mission pastor and, and living here in Joplin and this, that and the other thing. But, you know, what do I do? My, my schedule is is totally up to me. There's not church on Sunday. You know, Bible study is going to be totally up to me. And um, so to, just to be honest, I, I gave a call to pretty much every past, present um, mission pastor that I've ever I've ever known, a bunch of professors at SAM and MLC, and just some guys that I know are current pastors. I'm like, hey, give me a checklist of things to do. And one of the big things that they, they said was everyone focuses on, you know, getting out into the community, getting out of the community, and that's huge and gigantic. I'm not, I'm not undermining that at all, but they said uh, one of the biggest things that, that pastors fail to do when they focus so outwardly is, is focus on the, the church that you do have, you know, you are a pastor of the flock at that moment in time. So I, I um, uh, professor Cuck at the seminary is like, have one round of every member visits this month and the next month, ask one to your house and the next month. Um, just, just, know everything about these people. Don't obviously be too invasive, but um, get to get to know their families, get to know their likes and dislikes, get to know what they want in church. So when, of course, we ask at different meetings, you know, what do you like for names? What do you like for churches? But um, in the back of your mind, you, you already know what they like because you know these people. So that was a huge part of the first couple of months of um, where I was encouraged. It might not seem like work, you know, going over to dinner at people's houses or taking them out to lunch or coffee and um, interviewing them and talking to them, but that was huge. Um, so we, we started with that get to know them. And then, yeah, work begun on uh, uh, we, we met together and for about a month just browsed uh, or just uh, thought about names and different things like that and uh, went out canvassing, and we, we got it narrowed down to a top five um, and went out canvassing and talked to the neighborhood, what do you like, what do you dislike, things like that, and um, chose the name. So the vine from, from John 15, and that was a huge part, you know, and just, just celebrating all the little victories and big things like that. So we got a name, and then not long after that, we, we got a logo. We got the website going, the Facebook going. Um, and then we, as this is going on, we're, we're, we're running our Bible study. We call it Wednesdays in the Word on uh, every Wednesday night. We got Bible Basics going. We started up a Mornings with Mommy program, um, which was just tremendously successful with um, – one thing I guess I should have said, just starting off, Sam. The the more I've I've the, the longer I am in the ministry, which of course is only 13 months now. But the longer that you, um, the the more days that you're at this, the more you realize this is not a you thing. This is a God thing. Um, the the more I think of like, well, if I do A and B, then it's going to get the C results that I want. And especially when it comes to this, isn't just for pastors, but for for, for lay people too and, and members of a congregation, you, you always think like, if we do this then we're going to get more members, if we do that, then then this is going to be blessed in the way that I want it to. And I, I, I've i realized that the, and our congregations realized the majority of our successes have been when we've just made just bonehead knucklehead moves or mistakes and people show up or God blesses us with this or that. And that was kind of our mornings with mommy program of, um, parents were around us and with kids and you were like, you know what, let's get this thing going. And it's just been tremendously blessed. And, um, yeah, So, And then we also started up our Bibles and brews, um, class, which is, uh, before COVID, obviously it was a half hour class where I would have a, a discussion, a Bible study. It was, uh, the theme was, uh, the head brewmaster. master. God is our head brewmaster, master. Um, and, and talking about the process of him making us and, and his, uh, provision and protection and taking care of us and 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 that and then the last half hour was we have two home home brewers in our congregation that would just talk about the uh, brewing process and that was just tremendously beneficial to us for the people in this area that that i i can't tell you how many people that joined that said you know i never i, I told myself i'd never step foot in a church again and i came to this and i i there's a devotion and discussion and and i was around god's word and i was reminded it's not about a building it's not about um you know people judging you or or being scared going in there because uh, it's just about jesus and his love and being around the same kind of people that are broken and sinful and struggling just like you are so there's a a couple things and then i'll just end it before i keep rambling on but uh, we just signed we we just signed our building um last week we we have a official facility now that's awesome um it's yeah, it's right on Main Street. It's it's just gonna be wonderful. We're we're insanely, insanely excited, looking to get the, the the things needed to, you know, outfit the church. Different we we have a lot of things already from churches that that donated them to us, which we're insanely grateful for. And then just finishing up, you know, sound and different things like that. We did um, which is perfect with your musical talent. Of course, you know how gifted I am in the music department. We did. Uh, we we were blessed. There's a, a guy that came. Out, I don't know if you know him from MLC, Justin Heeb. He's uh, going to be joining our church as uh, the music, the worship coordinator.
0: Yeah, and that's awesome. It's good to have. It's good to have musicians um, in your congregation who get music, but who get the why behind what we do, and they get the philosophy and the mission of the church. Um, obviously, Christ-centered, gospel-driven. Um, that's awesome. Um, so tell me about your core group. Uh, when you arrived, um, you and your wife arrived, how many, uh, folks were in your core group?
1: Um, so we had about 12 or 13 adults and then we had, um, up to, I think it was about nine kids. And, uh, I- I'll just, uh, I-, I think any, any mission pastor would say this, that when you, when you get here, there's no direct number of, these are exactly the people that will be in this church. There's a lot of people that, come and and go and and are part of this and then and then um so that that was about the group that we were working with about 20 to 25 people that were were around us when we were getting this started and the cool thing about that group was it wasn't just it wasn't just one um age group or kind of of everyone was just totally and is totally different so we have um, we I, not our older group because I, I would never say that we have our wiser group that is uh, <laughs> made up of a couple and then also three widowed ladies and they're just awesome. They're just, you know, the, the stereotype of, of uh, the wiser group of, you know, just they, they don't want to don't want to do much and, and want to make bark out all the demands these these. These people were there for group canvassing, you know, walking a couple miles at a time, handing out flyers and different things like that, and have just been unbelievable benefits to the group and, and to the church, and you, you remind them of how important it is just their presence in the church, you know, to, to the youth and to the younger generation, you know, how how important is the gospel? Well, we're, well, they've been in the church for over 50 years, over 60 years, and it's still that important to their life. So mm-hmm. I think they've been a huge blessing. And then we have some some middle-aged couples that have been here for a long time, very uh, a very successful group. They've um, done really well in the work that they do, and they have uh, a couple kids in college. And then we also have some younger families. We have two younger families, one with five kids and one with uh, two kids. So it's it's, it's pretty much every age group and every, everyone has a different backstory. And, and a lot of them have been from, you know, South Dakota, Minnesota and um, different areas of the globe and, and Wisconsin. And, and so it's uh, one of the guys that's in our group is, has been living in Joplin for over 75 years. So um, Mm -hmm. it'd be, it was when, when we moved in, he did a, a tour of Joplin. He did a three day tour with me of the town and the different areas around here. And, he was just like, you know, when you're, when I'm boring you to death, just stop me. I'm like, you, you keep telling me everything I need to know about this town because I'd pay you if, if I needed to because this is just insanely beneficial to me and to the, to the church that, that, you know, I get to come in and hear from an expert in this town of, you know, what Route 66 looked like and what this building used to be and, and you know, what was successful here and what wasn't and the culture of the town. So that's, yeah, it's just been wonderful to get to know them and, and have them be a part of, of my wife, Laura and I's life.
0: That's awesome. Um, so, um, and that's and that's just so that's just a brilliant move to um, to invite uh, folks in your core group who have such years of rich experience and knowledge of the area that you've been called to serve, to then invite them to just shine and showcase their love for where they live, um, and you get to kind of get brought up to speed. Um, I kind of did something similar with uh, in the few the few weeks. Um, months of me being here too, because you're just, you're a fish out of water. And in your case, I mean, you're even further away. I, I, I at least had the luxury of just being on the other side of Chicago. Um, you are almost on the other side of the Midwest. <laughs> yep. So, yep. but, but you know what, it's, that's awesome.
1: It's, it's hilarious that you say that because I can't tell you how much, how many times I've been asked where i am from. And I usually just ask them, well, where would you guess? And it's the cashier at the grocery store. It's the McDonald's, uh, the the person behind the desk. And I'm like, "Where do you think I'm from?" They're like, "You know, either Canada or the U.P." <laughs> and like, you know, I, I've been I've been told worse things, you know. But my my <laughs> thick my thick Wisconsin accent sticks out like a sore thumb. But it's thumb, But it's been, you know, it's been a hilarious benefit to just talk to people about it and stuff. And um, yeah, I think and and I think one thing that you were saying there that's behind that that I just wanted to make sure that um, I said was. Um at SEM this is this is talked about a lot, but I can't encourage pastors enough to just fully envelop the culture in which they live and mm-hmm. just love the living tar out of the place they live and make it their home. You know, right. and, and I'm I'm not gonna get into the jersey talk of can I wear my Packers jersey around or whatever, but one thing I, I will say is like I, I can wear a, a Packers jersey around here. I'll I'll wear a Chief's jersey around here. I'll I'll know everything about the town. I got all the local coffee shop shirts and Um, you know, the, the local brewery got a shirt from them last night and different things like that, where it's just like, you, you, you love the town and people can, people can tell that, you know, it's, people can see that very clearly that you're not a transplant, you know, and, and as much as my accent gives me away, I very clearly tell them I love this town and, and I'm here to stay and, and, um, I'm I'm proud of where I live, so I think that's just an encouragement that I would say for any pastor, mission mission startup or not, it's it's huge to love where you're at, and that and people can see through that whether you got a Packers jersey on or not, or whether you got uh, whatever state you grew up on. It's just love the place you're at.
0: No, it's huge, it, and uh, not only for your members, but then for you as a pastor to the people that you're interacting with, you're communicating to the the environment or the community you've been called to serve with the gospel and proclaim Christ to, that you're, that you want to invest in them. I think too often congregations uh, maybe that are, congregations that might be stuck or maybe uh, some congregations that are struggling to engage the community that they're with, they haven't really communicated that they're willing or desiring to invest in the people. They're just kind of Waiting for people in the community to invest in them, almost with the sense of entitlement. Like, don't they know what we have to offer? Um, mm-hmm. Well, no. <laughs> um, you you got to yep. go tell them about it. But you yep. also have to communicate that you love them and care about them. And how you, how you do that is you want to. You don't want to be like this, this, this stranded thread outside the sweater or the fabric of the community that you've been nested in. No, you wanna, you wanna weave yourself in there. That doesn't mean becoming the community in the sense of um you know for the sake of being all things to all people that you you become of the world um but we are in the world uh, and you want to be in the community that you've been called to serve and proclaim the gospel to and so exactly what you said we don't want to be this this outside blip on the radar but we want to be part of the beating heart of this community um and uh th- and i think everything that you just stated is is just well put um Getting the, getting the local t-shirts, um, um, that means uh, going to the local breweries and uh, taking a brewery tour. Um, there are some decent breweries around here, too, unfortunately. I haven't had a chance to – I've only got a chance to go to a couple of them.
1: <laughs> so we, we just got, we just got our, our first one just moved in last month. Oh, nice. And <laughs> That's awesome. Yep, so we, we, we got the Monopoly on Bibles and Brews. I've talked to the owners. We got the back room, which is hilarious because one of the owners there goes to a different church here in Joplin, and he's like – I would have loved to have done that. You beat me to it. I can't yep. steal your idea now. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, be, you know, just be, being a part of knowing people. And, yep. and I would say the one thing, just really quickly sure. Um, um w- with what you were saying before I forget it, you know, talking to the people in our group of, well, we got a church now on main street and that says a lot, you know, that says like we want to be a part of this community and, and we're in the Joplin neighborhood. Uh, but you could have a church that you planted right at the crossroads, right in the intersection of the heart of a town. And it, 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 that and then you could also have a church that's twenty minutes out of town, and just having a church right in the middle of town in the intersection does not do the outreach for you. You right. know, it says a lot, wonderful thing, but you also got to go out into the community, and 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 those steps make it that much easier. It takes the obstacles away, um, but but you can also be a neighborhood community or a neighborhood church, a community church wherever you're at. So mm-hmm. so just to those churches that are thinking about that, you, you, like I said people see that and people breathe that and people um they can you know they they know that when they come into contact with you you're a, you're a church of the town it doesn't matter where you're located but i've told that to the members here a part of that is also your location and that does say a lot but let's make sure we back that up with the other steps that follow of um proving that we're a neighborhood church that cares about joplin
0: right well said i think that uh, no you hit the nail right on the head um so, uh, all right. Let's. We'll rewind. Um, you kind of you kind of touched on this a little bit. Um, what uh, the first few months looked like um, when you got there, um, and then um, what February, March of twenty twenty happened, and COVID nineteen, and then congregations, yep. um, at least physical brick and mortar congregations, were. Um, at least for a season, shutting down or uh, discontinuing in-person ministry and worship services and everything, if it wasn't already going in that direction, everything hardcore pivoted online. Um, As a mission plant congregation, where you literally just said that you just now secured a physical property – and that's awesome. Praise God for that. But going, going, I don't know, just um, Jordan, in the mind of Jordan Bentz, say March of 2020, uh, what were you thinking?
1: <laughs> well, and, and this is a very dangerous game for me to play, but this is letting you in the inside of my sinful mind for a moment. When when COVID hit, I'll, I'll be very honest, I was just freaking out, you know, and, and the devil was working on me we hard and just – you know, you're in your first year of a mission church and, and COVID hits, pandemic, you know, you know how difficult it already is to get a church going. And, and once again, this isn't our credit. It's always Christ. But, you know, he, he's saying this, you know, you were already going to blow it and now you're going to blow it. You know, it's just, it's going to be crumbling in days. And, you know, the next question is, well, what do you do now? You know, what, what can we do? COVID's hit and everyone's in their homes. Can we even have a church? Right. And, and that's where I just, you know, just, you just go back to the word and, and you know, God just talks to you in a, in a peaceful and a a relaxing voice. And reminds you, I'm in control. You know, I I knew COVID was coming, you know, uh, this is a result of living in a sinful world and I've, I've got all things under control. There's a reason that this happened. Um, and I knew this was going to happen in the lifespan of this church and, and it's, it's all going to work out for the good. So, the, the more you go back to the word, the more you're. And I've I've told this to my members too, and I admitted that. You know, I, I was with, I was like you guys too. You know, you're running around like a chicken with your head chopped off. Of what do we do with COVID? What this, that, and the other thing? And and I remind them. I, I said the devil is just making just making it so much more difficult than it needs to be, and he's clouding our minds and making us think that the church is this this crazy, ridiculous thing that we cannot possibly comprehend. And I said, remember what the church is here for. You know, we're, we're here to gather around the word and the sacraments, and to proclaim that gospel to the ends of the earth. And we will continue to do that as the church at all costs. Mm-hmm. Um, and But but as we do that, it's just going to look a whole lot different. You know, we, we, we follow the fourth commandment, and we respect the governing authorities. If they told us that we can't preach the gospel, obviously we'd have a different approach to things. You know, we, we'd go about this differently. But they said for the time being, you know, we, we got to stay in our homes, and Um, you know, so I, I'll I'll just be honest with you, Sam, before Sam, and, and even before my, my call, I didn't even have a Facebook page didn't have a Twitter, didn't have Instagram, didn't have any of that, that stuff. I just stayed off it as much as I possibly could. And I I get the call and and get here and you're talking to people in the group and, and everyone realizes it's, it's inevitable. If you want to be a present day church, you got to have a social media presence and you right. got to be online and you got to be reaching the people that way. So, I was just so new to it. So, I actually got a call from uh, the local newspaper, and the, the editor was like, Hey, we'd like to, we know your new church. And I've talked to him before and stuff, a, a good Catholic guy. And my family, half my family's Catholics. We've had wonderful conversations. And um, he's like, I want to interview you about technology and how you're going to approach this and see if you can give. Um, advice to other pastors, and I'm like, if you only knew who you were talking to here, you know, like that'd be a guy picking up picking up a basketball for a day and then being interviewed, like, hey, would you like to tell the rest of the NBA how to do their job? It's like, um, so so it was. I was just very honest with him, you know, and I said that the biggest thing is just trial and error. Do do something, put something out there, and adapt, and get on YouTube, get on Facebook, and you know, the the thing that I said to the in in the article was it is so easy to, in an in, in hour's time, you can start up a church Facebook page and it just start at the very least posting Bible verses and quick devotions. And then after that, look into videos or, or post YouTube videos or this, that, or the other thing. So that's what we've been doing. And we went straight onto the Zoom rooms as well for our Bible studies. And uh, we started a Bible basics during the pandemic. We got two guys and they're they're going to be joining our congregation once they finish up, and and Lord That's willing, awesome. their their wives are going to join too. The the way that that group started was it was just those two gentlemen, and I I asked two of our members to join with just to kind of be shepherds of of them and, and help them out during this class, and, and didn't even realize that it was ended up being a guys group, and so it was five of us guys on a Thursday night, and uh, actually didn't come to realize this, but about a week or two ago, I found out that the wives of the two new the two uh, new new members have been listening in to every one of our studies. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, you know talking to their, their husband afterwards and saying, hey, ask the pastor this next time Next time you're in class. You know, I told them, like, hey, we can get the the, the the two guys that we got in here, they're married, we can get their wives in here and make this a family night, you know, and yep. um, I, I was told by them that probably going to be after, after we finish up, we'll take the wives through it as well, which has just been wonderful. But um, yeah, I, like I said, you just... Everyone wants to make it so complicated and complex, and that's what the devil wants, and just realizing, you know, yep, we're gonna have to, first of all, probably had to take off from the Lord's Supper for a couple weeks, couple months, um, but now found a way to to have and receive that one blessing, and the word was continually preached throughout all of that, so very difficult, but just something that the Lord leads you through like all things.